Concerning the great speckled bird Remember her name is recorded On the pages of God's holy word Desiring to lower her standard. Let's get just a little faster. They watch every move. Let me start this over again. It's just a little bit. You got that a little faster. Okay. What a beautiful thought I am thinking. Concerning the great speckled bird Remember her name is recorded On the pages of God's holy word Desiring to lower her standards they watch every move that she makes For they long to find fault in her teaching But really they find no mistake In the presence of all her despisers With a song never heard before She will rise and be gone in a moment Till the great tribulation is o'er I am glad I have learned of her meekness. I am proud that my name in her book. For I want to be one never fearing on the face of my Savior to love. Her wings shelter men from all nations Of earth's every color, every race She has gathered them all in her keeping To present to the Lord face to face when Christ cometh descending from heaven On the clouds as he writes in his word I'll be joyfully carried to meet him On the wings of that great speckled bird Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Jesus. Came to this place from a dry and thirsty land. 
a drifter at heart with no definite plan. When the words of a song from a small Jesus band turn one wasted life all around, I found that oasis of love where the pastures are green year around. A new life is mine with peace from above. I found that oasis of love. There's food for the hungry, joy for the sad, a home for the homeless, kids, moms, and dads. It may not appear your exacting ideal, but it's all that I need for its real. I found that oasis of love where the pastors are green here around. A new life is mine. With peace from above I found that oasis of love I sing to my king Praise and thank him again Because of his love A loser can win Hey you on the desert of life Come on in and drink from the cup of a friend. I found that oasis of love where the pastures are green year around. A new life is mine with peace from above. I found that oasis of love. Thank you, Lord God. We pray. The 15th chapter. We'll be reading verses 8 through 10. That's Luke 15, verses 8 through 10. Either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she loses one piece, does not light a candle and sweep the house, and seek diligently till she find it. And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. And my thoughts going to be tonight, lost in the house of God. Would you pray, Brother Edward? According to the word of God, it said that the righteous scarcely be saved, where will the sinner and the ungodly appear? So then by that we believe, we know that there's going to be sinners and there's going to be ungodly people in heaven. You have got to one time been godly before you could be ungodly. 
So there's going to be many there that have known this truth or sat in the presence of God with this truth, but somewhere along life's journey have lost their way, and they're in hell tonight. Tonight I'm going to preach to you on three parables. One of them is going to be the lost sheep, and one's going to be the prodigal son, and the other one's going to be the lost coin. I'd rather be drunk and on skid row, full of drugs, and in the deepest of sin, and go to hell, than I had on a Pentecostal pew. You talking about torment and you talking about torture to have known this beautiful truth. To have sat in heavenly places. And to have felt the power of Almighty God, which a sinner had not felt. And to sing the songs of Zion and feel the anointing of His Spirit. Come into fellowship with God's people and feel secure in the house of God. But then to be lost and go to a devil's hell. You talking about torments, not just the flames alone, <coughs> but of a misspent life. One that is thrown away, but one that had access to heaven. For you see, many are called but few are chosen. And if you would stop and think out of all the thousands and thousands of people, God handpicked you. He bypassed your neighbor. He bypassed your friends. He bypassed your families. And he saw something in you that he desired. And if God's got enough confidence in you, you can live for him. You ought to have enough confidence yourself that you could. There's not any excuse for any one of you sitting under the sound of my voice to be lost. But there's going to be some that's going to be lost in the house of God. I called my son this evening. I was praying last night or yesterday evening before service. And the Lord said, there's a spirit that is attacked in him. I noticed three or four weeks ago when I walked by him, Brother Elders, I felt something that wasn't right. So I came on and I was concerned about it. And God told me that Satan was going to put a spirit or already had started on him that he would turn against me as his father and his pastor. He's getting ready to go out into the ministry full time, and I just warned him here about a week or two ago or a month. I said, son, you better get ready. So tonight the God dealt with me, and I called him at home. He said, well, Dad, I thought what I was feeling that you had something against me. He said, I thought you was mad at me. I said, son, I haven't even thought about anything. But that spirit is already dealing with you. Wanting you to think that your dad is mad and turning on you. When I have got nothing to gain 
to turn on you for. But I said, I'm going to show you what the Lord showed me. He's going to gradually work on you day after day until he puts a division between me and you as your pastor. Till you will rebel against whatever I tell you that's good for your soul. And when he gets us far enough apart, you'll be alone and by yourself. There will be nobody to help you. So the reason I'm calling you at 6.30 today, it's prayer meeting time. Get in the prayer room. He had a dream before I left that he was coming out of a jungle. And he was in fatigues. Or he wasn't, but there was another man in fatigues, a soldier coming toward him. He was battered and beat. His army clothes were barely hanging on him. And he'd been through a severe battle. And he said, Daddy walked right straight to me and just passed me. But that was me. And I said, Son, if he takes you away from your pastor and away from your dad, when you come out of the battle, be lots of casualties. So it's time to pray. Now, I'm telling you something, saints, the war is on. You may have heard it, and you may have sat and say, well, I've heard it and heard it, but you listen to this old country boy right here. You had never been in the day that you're in. You have never faced the adversary that you're facing today. All hell is turned loose against the church. It's warring in high places now, and it's kingdom against kingdom, and God's got his angels dispatched against the devil and his demons. And we as the church are the heartbeat of God, and we feel what goes on in God Almighty in the warfare. And so what you're feeling is the pressures of the satanic forces to take you out of the house of God. And I'm telling you, you better find prayer life and you better get a hold of it and hold on to it. For once you stand up on your prayer, for I told Tony, and Tony's a good boy and I love him. He lives for God, he loves God, and he is a good preacher. I'm not taking nothing away from him. But I said, son, you hadn't been praying like you used to. Dad, you're right. I'm so glad you called me. I feel what you're telling me over the phone. I know that God and the devil, what the devil's going to do. I'm not confused now. I'm headed for the prayer room as soon as I get there. I'm telling you, when you quit praying, you're in trouble. You may say, I'll get tired of that preacher telling me to pray. You better thank God he's telling you to pray. You better thank God, he's saying, get in that prayer room. Because I'm telling you, the only thing that's going to save you is prayer. It's going to take the preaching, but you've got to have enough prayer to endure sound doctrine. You have to have enough prayer to receive it. You have to have enough anointing to eat it. And that preacher preaches to you and warns you of the things that's coming upon you. Can you take it, or are you going to get another spirit on you? But this first parable was of the lost sheep. Now this sheep didn't really intend to get lost. And somewhere during the day, 
and the time of him being lost. He went down a new path. He saw him some fresh new grass. And he began to nibble on it. And got involved with the taste of that new lush grass. And had his head down. And wasn't really paying any attention where he was going. And as the day passed on, he made his way down the path. Enjoying the good, fresh, new grass. But evening time come. And dark began to come. And he raised up his head and looked around. And the flock was nowhere around. And he frantic. And he knew he was lost. The shepherd had called in all of the sheep. And he had counted them. But he had got too far out. Now y'all get your mind on me. We're going somewhere tonight. You get with me. I'm not going to preach with your mind somewhere else. We can't help the children cry. But you can help. You've seen children cry before. I was in one church every time somebody get up to go change a diaper, the whole church would watch them. So I said, come back here, lady. Let's have time out. They never seen a woman take a baby out. Let's have a little bit of courses here, and then we'll get to church. Now, the enemy will do anything to distract your mind. Babies are going to cry. People's got to go to the restroom. But the old devil will work on your mind to keep you from getting what God wants you to have. We're not ignorant of the devices of Satan is what the Bible tells me. But this sheep didn't mean to get lost. He just nibbled around on some things he ought not to be nibbling on. When the shepherd counted his sheep, he seen he was missing. And he went out to find him. And as he went out to where they were grazing, he began to call to that sheep. And the sheep had got hysterical and he'd got he it got dark and he knew he was lost and he got tangled up into some brambles and there he was and he was afraid probably that the coyotes or the wolves would come and devour him and whenever the shepherd began to call somewhere out there the shepherd got close enough that the sheep could answer him and when the sheep answered him, he came then and untangled him and put him on his shoulders and carried him back to the camp. <laughs> now that's the way it is sometimes with saints that are in the church. They don't really intend to get lost. They just get to fooling around with some new things the world's got to offer. They start down the wrong path. And they begin to lose sight of the church and begin to nibble around on some things of that world that they don't need to be nibbling on till they get to the place that they lose sight of the church and cannot hear the voice of God anymore. But then they can get out in the world and get entangled in it and someone can come along and can find them and tell them they need to get back to God. 
and they'll come on in the church and sit out on the pew and when the preacher begins to preach and the Lord calls out to them, they'll come down to an altar and they'll repent. Now they're not very hard to find. You can find them and get them in the church and preach to them and they'll come down and repent and come on and live for God. And then you take the prodigal son. <coughs> he got tired of the house that he lived in. He got tired of the fine things his father had to offer him. He got tired of the good food on the table. He got tired of good fresh water to drink. He got tired of all the clothes that his father would buy him. And one day he thought he could take his portion and do more with it than his father. And he asked his father to give him his portion. And he wanted to go away. And it said he left with his portion and went into a far country. He intended to get as far away from home as he could. He intended to get out in that world. He thought he could take his money and he could use it to enjoy things better than his father could provide for him. And the Bible says when he got out there, he lived a righteous life. He took his money and began to spend it on the pleasures of sin. He began to spend his money enjoying the things of the world till one day it all ran out and then there came a great drought and he went and hooked up and went and went in and he got with a citizen of that country and that citizen sent him to feed the swine and while he was down feeding the swine there was a great drought in the country and he was hungry that he began to eat the husk that the hogs were eating but the Bible says while he was down in the hog pen he came to himself and he realized his condition and when he realized his condition, he said, the servants eat better, eat bread in my father's house and have some to spare. I don't have to stay in this condition. I can go back to my father's house. And he headed back home. And when he got back home, what did he do but he repented. Now, he wasn't hard to find. Whenever he came to himself, he said, I've got to get back to my father's house. And he came back and was restored and you find people that will leave the church and they'll decide to go out in the world and they're not hypocritical they wasn't rebellious they wasn't stubborn but they just decided they wanted something different and they'll go out and they'll drink booze they'll go plumb down to the bottom and it looked like there ain't no way out and one day you'll see them come a-walking in the door and they'll come down to this altar and they'll say I'm sorry for what I've done. I never knew how good it was. And I come back to the Father's house and they'll begin to pray and they'll repent and they'll pray back through to the Holy Ghost. Now they wasn't very hard to find. I can remember my two boys. They both left the church and they both were lost. But I can remember I had a dream about my youngest son. And I can remember whenever he left, he was rebellious, 18 years old. Worked there on the ranch. Wanted his hair to grow long. The reason he did, he was rebellious. Wanted to look like a woman. I said, son, we don't hire no women around here. 
as long as you set your feet under my table, you're going to cut your hair. I'm going to tell you, some of you parents, your children bluff you. And you'll give in to them because you're afraid they're going to leave home. Let them get in the pig pen deep enough and they'll appreciate home. When I get 18 years old, Dad, I'll let my hair grow out and do what I please. I said, yes, and you'll pay your own bill, son. When he got 18, he said, Dad, I want my money for my cows. So I give him his money for his cows. Had him a nice new pickup. Half paid for. But I can remember as he headed down that old gravel road. Loaded up his little bit of belongings. I was down there cutting hay. And when he come by, he didn't even wave. He was so glad to get gone. The dust was just a-rolling behind that pickup. And I could just hear him as he left. I don't have to listen to my dad give any orders anymore. I'm free to do what I want to. And he headed down and he didn't realize into a far country. Because he had never known what that world had to offer. But he had his money in his pocket. And he thought he could handle it a lot better than daddy could. And he went on down into the city. And of course you know the story. He spent it all on the dope heads. The next time I heard about him, he was living in an old shack. He had his long hair. But he didn't have nothing else left. His pickup was gone. An old car, you'd hear about him working on the side of the road trying to get to work. And everybody was mad at me. You know, I was the mean guy. Preachers were mad at me. Family was mad at me. Grandma's was mad. Times the wife got mad. I know one time some of them said, well, your youngest brother... He's going to come up here and talk to you. I said, now I'm going to tell y'all something. He's rode too long with me. You couldn't hog tie him to come up here and get in my business. Y'all bluffing. He ain't no way you're going to get him up here to tell Big Brother what to do. So you just go around and just tell your little stories all you want to. But I know Bud. And he knows me. So it rocked on and it got bad blood. We just got further apart. Because whenever you had that rebellious spirit, he wouldn't feed. He wouldn't put water in the tanks. Wouldn't count the calves. Wouldn't go check the cows. I was losing baby calves. But he didn't care. Had one thing on his mind. Far country. But God showed me after he left in a dream that one day that I would see him out on the side of a hill overlooking a valley and he'd have a good clean haircut. But it got worse and it got worse. 
I didn't care whether I ever seen him again or not. I'm just telling it like it is. Kids can start in on you and get you the place you wished you'd never seen them. You just go through it if you don't believe me. But old dad didn't give in. And they put the pressure on. Remember I was out in the garden of hoeing one day and I said, Lord, I'm not too big to go apologize if I'm wrong. He said, keep hoeing. So I just kept hoeing. Now if you got your integrity with God and you're walking with God, <clears throat> you can stay hitched. Because I was right. I pastored a church and I was no way would I preach against them uh, other uh, saints' children, against long hair and let my children wear it. Their children was important to them as mine was me. So I stood my guns. One day the phone rang. He got married. Dad, how you doing? I said, real good since you've been gone. You didn't think I could run this outfit without you, did you, son? In fact, I believe we're going to make better profit this year than we did when you was here. Cows are fed. They all got water. And they're all doing good. Well, I thought I'd just check on you. I said, well, you've done checked so long. Clink. About six months later, he called back. Dad, could I go to work for you? I said, no way. Putting up with you no more. Everybody's mad at me. Everybody's eating me out. And you didn't give me none of trouble. Hung up again. Wasn't lonely, called again. Dad, would you let me come home and go to work? If you will. He said, I'll take the lowest job you got. I'll dig post holes. I'll fix fits. I want to prove to you I can be a man. Well, he got to me then. I said, I'll think about it. So he called back again. I said, son, do you know that when you come back, I'm the same old daddy that you left that day when you headed down that gravel road? If I ever have to tell you to get a haircut, you're fired. Because when you get back, you're looking at the same old hard-nosed papa that you left. He said, give me the job. I said, well, you might not want it. We lived in Arkansas, right around Little Rock. Had a ranch down in Mississippi, back in the boonies. Back down there in them old pines, 150 head of cattle and an old road going down to an old house. No furniture in it or anything. I said, head down to Mississippi if you want a job. Leave Peggy at home. You can come home every 30 days. And you can see her. Take your sleeping bag. Fix them fences. Take care of them cows. Do you want the job? Yeah, I want the job. He loaded up and headed down to Mississippi. Worked all winter long come spring. 
I went down to see. Fences were fixed. Cows in good shape. We went off down a little trail and we went on out of the woods and started down in that valley. Sun was shining, them cattle were grazing. When we walked out to a certain place, there he was with a good, clean haircut. Dad, it's been a long time since I hugged you. Just reached and got me in his arms and began to hug me. And we began to rejoice. I said, son, you come on back home now. Come on back home. Wasn't long till he got in the church. And his wife got in the church. And he told me, he said, Dad, he said, I'm sorry for what I've done. He said, I don't know why I've done that. I said, son, that's all in the past. Let's go on and live for God. But he said, you'd have been a hero if you'd have given in to me. But thank God you didn't. And I want to tell you tonight, if you'll stand for what's right, you'll come out on top. It may not be the easiest way, but you'll come out on the top. And I've stood for God, and I can prove my position. My other boy backslid. Eight years he is out of the church, but I got to preach when he come back, and I heard him stand right over there like on a pew there and stand and testify and said, I had the best thing that God ever gave me. I throwed it on the ground. I trumped it. I watered it. God don't owe me nothing. But said, I'm going to sit on this pew, hoping that by the mercies of God, he'll one day take me back. But I don't blame him if he don't. And while he was testifying, God moved on him and refilled him with the Holy Ghost. And he began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. And he's still in church today. The other boy's becoming a preacher. I'm here to tell you tonight, right will stand. We still can stand on the old values. We still can stand on the principles of God. I don't intend to give in to no devil. I'm going to make it. I don't intend to be lost in the house of God. I'm going to stand my ground. I'm going to defend my God. I don't intend to back up. I don't intend to let the enemy override me. I'm going to keep my foot on the rock. I'm keeping my mind made up. I don't intend to back up one inch. I see children today that will slap their parents. And they're scared of their children, not even 8 and 10 and 12 years old. My boys wouldn't hit me now. If they did, they'd have a fight and they know it. And I'd win. Because they know Papa would stay till he did win. We couldn't duke it out and me win. I'd get me something to even the odds, but I'd come out on top. I'm still the Papa around Moodyville. I still go down to the boys' house and tell them and their wives when they ain't done right. I'll be daddy as long as I'm drawing a breath. New society won't have nothing to do with that. But we've got a bunch of smart-mouthed children got no respect for their mothers and dads. 
then they ain't got no respect for the ministry. And they're going to grow up and be a bunch of heathens. I don't know why I'm over here, but I'm going to stay here till I change. You explain to little Johnny just right, he'll understand. Brother, you just don't know how tough mine is. You ought to knock knuckles with them old boys of mine after hauling hay all summer. Old Tony used to lock up out in the lot and we'd get to Fifth City. And I got knots all over them heads. He decided he didn't much like that. One day we got into it and he got to get in the best. I just picked me up a stick and busted over the top of his head. Daddy, you hit me with a club. I said, I'll cut your head off with a cut. Chopping hole if I have to. You ain't whooping me, son. Let that old hair grow out. And I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pray that you get as bald-headed as a parrot. <laughs> yeah, you don't play fair, Daddy. Go to praying about me being bald-headed. That ain't fair. <laughs> One thing he has prayed of is Daddy's prayers. I can tell you that right now. I don't believe in abusing children. And I never did run over mine, but they ain't running over me. And I don't care whether the state of Arkansas likes it or Congress likes it, the state police or the sheriff. They don't run my house. They all told me how I was ruining that boy. You're sending him down on drugs. You're messing up. But he's saved today. I don't have to tell him to get a TV out of his house. I don't have to tell him not to have a VCR. I don't have to tell him to let his kids watch them. I don't have to tell him to get a haircut. I don't have to tell his wife how to dress. He knows what he ought to do. He'd been to the pig pen. He had all of it he wanted. When he got back home, he was glad to get home. He was glad to be back to daddy's house. He liked daddy's rules. I'm here to tell you, when you get in the pig pen, you're not hard to find. But I want to tell you what's hard to find and that's that lost coin that was lost in the house of God now it wasn't going to far country it wasn't lost somewhere out there in the desert but it was lost in the house and whenever one day it was just going along and it just dropped out of sight. And fell down in the dirt in the grime. And it says it was silver. It was shiny. But the longer it stayed lost, the harder it was to find. The more dirt it got on it. The more grime it got on it. The less it shined. For it said they took a candle 
And they swept. And they tried to find it. And the hardest one to find in the church is someone that's lost in the house of God. Now a preacher can find that when it went into the far country. And a preacher can find that when it was a lost sheep. But whenever you start trying to find that one in the house of God, it's a different situation. You can bring in a evangelist and he can preach his heart out trying to find that one. But they're down in the house, into the grind, into the litter of a sin, of rebellion, and of stubbornness. And you can't find them. A pastor will lay on his face, cry before God when he comes to the pulpit. God, somehow would you touch them. God, would you draw them to the altar. But somehow they're the hardest to find. They're hard to touch with God. I'm here to tell you tonight, it's dangerous to sit in the house of God and be lost. It's dangerous to sit in the house of God and lose your prayer life. It's dangerous when you sit in the house of God and you can't feel the anointing power of the ministry it's dangerous when you come to the house of God and you can't feel nothing whenever they sing the songs of Zion it's dangerous whenever you go to a prayer room and you can't feel God Almighty whenever you begin to pray and seek God you're lost in the house of God revivals can't touch you a ministry can't touch you you're sitting on the pew lost and can't be found. It's some of you at one time, you had a glow on your face. You one time had a smile. And you used to sing and dance around the altars. You used to get up close to the front and you loved revival. You love to feel the power as it come forth out of the pastor and the harder he preached, the better you liked it. You used to couldn't wait to get down to the prayer room. You love to feel almighty God. And whenever it come church time and during your day, you be having a song in your heart. Boy, it's church night and I can't wait to get there. And you used to run the aisles. You used to shout. You used to magnify God. But one day, you just dropped out of sight. You don't worship anymore. You don't praise God anymore. You don't feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost anymore. You hate to go to the prayer room. You hate to come to church. You know it's just your duty and obligation. You only come because you're afraid you'll be lost. But you're sitting in the house of God and you're lost. How long has it been since you felt the anointing and power of God? How long has it been since you prayed through at the altar that you felt what you did on the night you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost? How long has it been since you spoke in other tongues as the Spirit give utterance? But have the things of the life and your spirit and the things in your heart, have they covered up that once bright look that you had? 
Have they taken hold on the twinkle in your eye? Have you become dead inside of your soul? That coin out of the two parables, three parables, it did not have life. It was dead. And the only value it was is when you could find it and have a hold of it and could look at it. But you have lost the glow. You have lost the brightness in your eyes. You have lost the desire. And you're in the house of God. And you're lost. And the preacher can't touch you. The saints can't pray for you and get anything done. But you're sitting there unconcerned and don't realize. But you're lost sitting on a Pentecostal pew. There was some here last night that needed a renewing. But tonight they ain't here. Brother Elders ain't told me nothing about the church. Sitting in the house of God and lost. They might be back or they may never be back. Now why wouldn't they come back? They didn't desire what they one time desired. And if you're afraid of anointed preaching, you're afraid of God. And if you're afraid of a man that will name your sins... You are a sinner. For if your heart's clean and your spirit's right, you are not afraid of a man that will preach to you under the anointing and power of God. And you know whether I have the anointing or not. Your spirit will bear witness whether I'm of God or not. And if it's of man, you don't have to worry about it. But if it's of God, you'd better pay attention. That's what makes the difference. Whether it's the anointed word of God. But the night before, I preached holding on to two worlds and losing them both. And last night, I preached on change, but too late. But it did not touch some in here. They let it run off of their back. They were sitting on the pew, lost, and they're not here tonight. Lost in the house of God. Turn it over your shoulder. You'd better get you a knife, fork, and spoon and sit down at the master's table. And when the preacher begins to preach, you better be praying, find me. Whatever you got to sweep out of my heart, God, sweep it out. Let the light shine in my heart, Lord. Find me, Lord. Don't let me be lost, Lord. That better be your prayer. Lost in the house of God. I preached here two nights. Some of you, I could walk back and put my hand on your head. And if the trumpet sound, you're earthbound.
you're lost in the house. And the longer you're lost, the harder it's going to be for God to find you. Every week that passes, you just get more sins to cover you up. Now, God's wanting to do something to this church. And I'm going to follow the Spirit tonight. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm not above finding the sin. Boy, it got quite thin, didn't it? Hadn't you rather if God showed me something in your life to come back and pray for you or go to hell? Lost in the house of God. And some young ladies in this church are young sisters. And they're in trouble and don't even recognize their trouble. For they have went so long and I thought they've got by because they can sit through the service and have now have no guilt. But they're covered up with old sins of rebellion and stubbornness. And if you ever have revival like God wants in this church, when the house cleaning comes, you'll be surprised who goes. And God's going to purge the church. And he's a cleaning house. Now I'm going to tell you how I preach it to our church. Wife, if you go and don't repent, I stay. Children, if you're in the way, God's going to move you. Former pastor, if you're going to stand in the way, you're gone. I said, God, you clean that church up like you want it. I'm a servant of yours, and I will not favor anybody. And when you open your mouth on that, you'll get tested. I saw the devil nearly take my wife plump out of the church. But I never give in, Sister Elder, not one time on nothing. He hammered and beat my family, beat my wife down. She wasn't nothing but a pup. But I never backed up on nothing. But I believe that the Word of God 
When you forsake houses, land, wives, and husbands, and children, he'll repay you a hundredfold in this life and the life to come. And I am a witness that my God done exactly what he said he'd do by our children are in the church and my wife and uh, Brother Charles's meeting, God moved and they moved upon her life and she had that refreshing that she'd been longing for instead of that beat down and uh, defeated look she now has a twinkle in her eyes my God promised it to me and my God never let me down but I never backed up on the word I never backed up to her I never backed up to my children I never backed up to any peer pressure I stayed in the boat and I'm here to tell you God's going to save my household I don't intend to be lost I don't intend to back up I don't intend to quit I've got my man made up. I'm serving God and I love God more than anybody in the world. Wife, you come second. Children, you come second. Everybody else comes second to God. My God comes first in my life. I love him with all my heart, my mind and my soul. My kids is not going to break that love. My wife is not going to break that love. Ain't nobody going to break that love. I'm in love with Jesus and I intend to stay hooked up to him. He's the best friend I ever had. I don't intend to be lost in the house of God. Glory. Glory. Don't tell me what God can't do. I'll tell you what God can do. God can do all things. I'm here to tell you tonight, I serve a God that spoke this world into existence. I serve a God who created heaven, the earth, and hell, and all the angels. You want to walk with God? Fall in love with God. You want power with God? Love God. You want to be able to live in this world and it don't affect you? Pray and sacrifice. Push everything else aside and say God comes first. I was criticized. I was talked about. Because my wife was going through trials and troubles, beat down. But I didn't care what they said. Didn't make me no difference. I know whenever I took her back home, these characters has never been out there. Never sat in alleys. Going out of one church into the other. Preaching your guts out. Everybody down, spilling over the troubles over on you. You lost everything you got. 45 years old, watched all of her home go. Never been away from home. Sat up there and beat to a pup, giving it all she had. But I'm supposed to kill her to satisfy some smart boys? No. I took her home and let her get revived, brought her out again, and took her back again, and I said she wasn't coming back no more. 
I didn't explain. I didn't have to. I'm the head of my house. But because I had mercy on my wife and because it, God knew she could take so much, her at that time was going through the change in her life. All hell had turned loose. Lose everything you got. Kids all backslid. You out there trying to save the world. This happens at the same time. Pick up Penny's own parking lot to go down and do your laundry. Not knowing the next week where you're going to go. But I wouldn't made a decision to care, care what anybody thought. And my wife today is just like she was when she was 19. My God didn't lie, Brother Elders. I forsook houses, land. Four months at a time, I went up in the Rocky Mountain District in the bare wintertime. Wouldn't see my wife. Her at home with one old refrigerator and an old couch. And no money. But I never backed up one inch. I preached every week. Everywhere God sent me, I went. But I owed a debt I couldn't pay. I told God I'd serve him when he gave me the Holy Ghost. And I can testify tonight I hadn't backed up yet. And when the going got tough, I still didn't back up. And I've shed enough tears in a holiday rambler trailer that they'd be plumb full. I know what loneliness is. I know what it is to stand around in your pockets empty at general conference, everybody going to eat. You ain't even got enough money to buy a hamburger. What I'm there for, I don't get to enjoy what everybody else does. I'm standing here waiting for somebody to say, Brother Moody, I need you for a revival. Seven years. Nothing happened. But God told me it would. But I understand one thing on God. If I'm faithful, every promise in the book's mine. You'll never outdo God. And you'll never pray too much. And you won't never attend church too much. You won't never sacrifice too much. He'll repay you a hundredfold. I've told Brother Elders about my experience. I lost all my cattle and everything. But God gave me back a herd of cows. Gave them to me. Oh, $30,000 when I come off the field. No way could I buy better cattle I'd ever owned. I forsake houses and land. I've got plenty of land to run them on. House being remodeled. Living better than I ever lived in my life. Got back that little church to give me a, nearly a new car when I got there. Brand new wife, new cars, man. 
You think it don't pay to live for God? You think it don't pay to walk through the valley? You think it don't pay to sacrifice? You can't tell me nothing about hardship. You can't tell me nothing about sacrifice. I've been down on poor street. I'm not saying that bragging. I'm just saying that get off of your pity trip. Raise up. Square your shoulders. Goodbye, devil. Hello, God. I'm a child of the king. If I've got God, I've got everything. If I got God, I don't need no money. I don't need no bank accounts. I don't need no automobile. For he can give me everything that I need. I don't have to worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. My God will supply more than I deserve. And I thank him from the bottom of my heart every day of what he gives me. Gave me one of the best churches in the world, the pastor. And if you'd have looked at it when God sent me there, you'd have thought there's no hope. But they love me. They take care of me. You know what they're doing while I'm up here preaching? They ain't growling because I'm gone. They're in them prayer rooms. Give Hutchison a revival. Lord God, move in that church. Anoint Brother Moody when he gets there. Lord God, help him to help them. We got more to do than sit around and grumble and moan and complain. We got a lot to pray about. You want me to tell you something that's just as important of what happens in this church as it is in my church? For we're all of the church I pastor. For we're all in the same church. And we ought to have feelings one toward another. And somewhere we ought to come together and be, have a burden. When one is trouble, we can pray for the other. It don't matter where they are. Lost in the house of God. Because he wouldn't pray, wouldn't seek God. <laughs> Brother Keith Clark called me on a Sunday night. Or maybe it was on a Saturday. Friday, I believe it was. Brother Moody, I need you to come. Thursday and Friday night if you can. I told the church, go to praying. Pray for Brother Clark. Pray for his wife. Pray for the church. On a Sunday night before I got there. They were so distressed and so down. They even felt like leaving. But God heard a prayer from somebody. And he moved in that service. And God, he said he had never seen the power of God move like it did that night. That was before I ever got there. That was because a church was praying to touch God. Then God went in and done the work. But are you going to be lost because you won't pray? Are you going to be lost because you don't have a burden? Are you going to be lost because you don't care about nobody but yourself? Are you sitting on the pew? And I'm going to say something else in the spirit. There are some of you that are pretending to worship 
And you had no more got the spirit than nothing. You demonstrate with your body, but your heart ain't in it. You want people to see you worship, but you ain't really interested in worshiping. You thinking God ain't showed me some things? I've been around here a couple of nights. And some of the very ones that's doing the most are the furthest from God. And there's one here tonight that's just barely hanging. And you probably won't be seeing him too awful long unless he makes up his mind to serve God. So you might be getting ready for a farewell party because God can't find him. And he knows who I'm talking to. Lost in the house of God. Just goes through the formality. Just comes whenever he feels like it's a necessity. Wouldn't it be a shame to know what you know and to bend where you've been with God and then go to hell? There's two men here tonight. You're in trouble with God. deep trouble and there's another younger one that can't make their mind up but you won't have to worry too long from now it'll be made up for you unless you find that altar hell can't scare you and heaven can't get you excited but the pig pen will wake you up. I'm going to follow the Spirit tonight. I'm talking to somebody that's lost in the house of God. You better be praying, preacher, find me somehow tonight. Preacher, let that word find a lodging place in my heart. Don't let me walk out here tonight, preacher, without shining that light down in there. You got a sick feeling right now down in your stomach. And you know it's going to take all that you can do to get down to that altar. You don't want nobody to know, but they all know. 
You not hid from your pastor. You just leaving in your dream world. But you're lost in the house of God. And I'm going to tell you something else while I'm on the subject. There's a sister here that was lost when I was here six or seven years ago. And she's still in the same shape she was when I held the last revival. I preached to her then. And she's been lost ever since. God tried to deal with her the other night, but she pay him no attention. She escapes by keeping her mind somewhere else. Then she will kneel and say her little old prayer just so the people can't see. But God knows where you are. And the all-seeing eye is watching you. Every breath you take and every thought you have is being written in the chronicles of heaven. There's an unseen hand that's writing. But you're lost. No preacher has been able to find you. Your pastor can't find you. You're lost. Covered up. I tried to reach you the other night, but you're calloused. Your heart's hard. You're on your pity trip for something happened back in your life that you're blaming everything on what happened. You're living in your past. And it's got you down in the dirt and the grind. Lost. I'll tell you, you just go on like you've been going. And see whether the preacher's right or not. For it won't be the same anymore. Because you're on your last run. For God's going to lift the burden from the church for your soul. And he's going to lift it from the pastor. And when they do, you're gone. You better be praying God somehow find me. Because when God lifts the burden, so long. Nobody can touch you. Nobody can find you. For if you don't want God, he won't have you. He don't force himself on nobody. He only give you the opportunity that the angels couldn't have. Offers you a place in heaven to be with him. And when you turn it down, and you walk out on him.
my spirit won't always strive with man. But we forgot that in these last days. We don't really believe that anymore. We believe the old love message of the world. That God's so merciful, he ain't going to let me go to hell. That come out of hell. You're the only one that's going to keep you from going to hell. Nobody can send you to hell. And nobody can keep you out of hell. There's no demon, no devil can send you. If you go, you walked on your own two feet. And you are on a journey. And every day that you live in your condition, you're getting closer to hell. Lost in the house of God. Preacher, I wish you'd be quiet. One day you won't. One day you'll say, out of hell, I wished I could get back and hear Brother Moody just one more time. I'd like to hear him tell me just once more of my condition. Lost in the house of God. If I'm feeling the Spirit just right, this revival will be different. And you are going to have some different choices than you've had. For the true worshipers shall worship Him in the last days. And Brother Elders just spoke to you about the great falling away. And that's not the assembly of God falling away. That is the church of the living God. It says, come out of her, my people. There's thousands out there that are in traditional religion. That are walking in what light? they have that are hungering for God and if you won't worship me says the rocks and trees will so when he lets you go he'll just reach over and pull on them hungry souls and show them who he is and fill him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost the hardest ones in a church to pastor and to discipline is those that were raised in the church. They have become so used to preaching. And they've heard it so long they don't believe it anymore. The new converts in our church or those been in and come out of the world. All you've got to say. Just don't do that. Yes, Brother Moody. You take a 20 or 30 year veteran. When you change the clock on the wall, you got problems. If the carpet ain't the right color, they're all mad. 
in the house of God lost. I don't care if you've been in 25 years. If you've got an old stinking attitude, you ain't got in tune with God. Longevity don't put you in the kingdom of God. Whichever way a tree falls, it's going to lay. It's not once Holy Ghost, always Holy Ghost. It's every day you live, you better fuel up. I've been in this for a long time, Brother Moody. So what? How you stand before God. How much baggage you got hanging on you. How much of the pig pen still on you? Are you lost in the house of God? I'd like to close, but God don't want me to close. For I'm feeling real strong about two of these brethren that I've mentioned. If I was you, I'd have a little talk with Jesus tonight. I believe I'd check in to heaven before I walked out the door tonight. Eternity's a long time. But probably you'll go through the ritual and the heat will get off and you'll go on to your world. But I'm hoping that somehow God can find you. I don't want to see anybody lost. I don't want to see anybody go to hell. But are you lost in the church? Sister Elder, would you come to the altar? There's no fear anymore of God. Not afraid of God anymore. But you better get a fear of God. Every time you better get sober, I fear it tonight is heavy. And God is not liking some things that's going on. It's dangerous to fall in the hands of an angry God. But is God going to find you tonight? Been here a long time. 
You've covered it up for a long, long time. Can't hardly see you anymore. But God's sweeping the floor of your heart one more time. He's turned the light of heaven down on you. And got an extended hand reached out. Coming to me, you heavy laden. And I'll give you rest. Is he going to find you? Lost in the house of God. I want to tell you it's a bad feeling for a pastor, but I know what I'm feeling tonight. I'm not the pastor, but I'm preaching. When I feel that feeling I'm feeling, when I know one of the saints in our church is going to leave. And when I tell them, and they just don't seem to pay no attention, then on out they go. Then what amazes me, it won't be long till there be another one. But they didn't believe when that one went. Then a little longer, there'll be another. I say, can't you ever wake up? Lost in the house of God. What's God going to have to do? What's it going to take? Lost, lost. That word lost, when it echoes in your ears in eternity, will be in the most horrifying word you've ever heard. As you tumble down through space into hell. Lost in the house of God. You can't afford to be lost. You've got too much invested. Too big a price been paid. that coin one day just faded out no one seen it when it left and no one will ever know when you leave I'll just look up one day and you ain't there no more Lost in the house of God.
God, I hadn't felt you in a long time. Where are you? Lord, hear me. Lost. Just remember, God never left you. You left Him. All you got to do is go back where you left Him. Lord God, help me to find my way back. Oh, Lord, hear my humble cry. While on earth, do not pass me by. Find me, Lord. Turn the searchlight on my heart, Lord. Sweep my heart, Lord. Pull back the debris and the dirt and the ground. Let me shine again, Lord. Lord God, I love you, Lord. Dear Lord God. I don't want to be lost. I know too much. I felt too much. Oh, what a horrifying feeling to never feel God anymore. To sit on a Pentecostal pew. Nowhere around all others. Rejoice and worship. Lost in the house of God. No, Lord, you can't find me tonight. I'm well hid in the cares of this life. I'm all covered up, Lord. So you can just sweep, you can just shine your light. But I'm well hid under the grime and the dirt and all the sins of life. But I know I'm lost. But I want to stay here a while, Lord. While others walk on me, more dirt piles up on me. Thou art 
lost in the house of God. Oh, Lord, don't pass me by tonight. I can't afford to be lost. Wow. Uh -huh. 